Good morning. Praise the Lord. He's here. I just uh, thank the guys for helping focus our minds a bit. And sometimes when you come in from a, a weary and challenging week, or even a week where you feel everything's going to plan, it's good for us to just to, when we're together, just to understand and recognize that we have a God that loves us and is very, very interested in our day-to-day lives. And the fact that the great mystery that he is here, even if we don't see or feel him, although we can appreciate him with our emotions and our intellect from time to time, but he is here. And greater than that, he is within us. Yeah? So, I tell you what, let's just stand to our feet. And if you're able, let's just mutter, vocalize our thanks to God for all that he's done for us, saving us, giving us hope, giving us truth, giving us a future, remembering where we used to be and where we are today because of what he's done in our lives. Yes? Shall we do that? Come on. Thank you, Lord, for your grace and your mercy. Thank you, you've given us everything we need for life and for godliness. Thank you that we're part of your family. Thank you that we are your children. Thank you that you've saved us from our sins. Thank you that we can think of tomorrow and have hope because of who you are. Thank you that you're greater than anything that is in this world. Thank you that you're greater than my failures. Thank you that you're greater than depression. Thank you that you love us, Lord God. Thank you you've given us, Lord, truth for tomorrow. And we bless you, Lord. Thank you for this place. Thank you for allowing us to worship you in, in freedom. We bless you, Lord Jesus. Bless you in your mighty name. Amen, Lord. Amen. Amen. And you can take your seats again. Bless the, bless the Lord. Okay. So, um, today's talk, my little uh, talk, and um, it won't be a long one, he says, because I know... Now, who's my pointer to say if I'm preaching over time? Is it Rach or Phil? Everyone. <laughs> I won't tell you what time I'm supposed to be off, but I'm sure I'll, I'll get the, the, the nod for it. Okay. So it's, my title is The AI Consecration, which sounds pretty uh, mysterious, but um, I'm hoping um, you'll get it. And, and I pray that Lord will be speaking through uh, what I say to you guys today. So some of it will be um, uh, encouragement. Some of it will be challenge. Some of it will be update about our next steps or the decisions that we need to make um, as, a, as a fellowship um, over the next few, uh, let's say, weeks. Absolutely weeks. Um, some of it will encourage you. Some of it will challenge you, I think. Um, but I hope at the end of it, it will be focused on the voice of God. So um, I will be talking about... Um, a school, I'll be talking about a building, uh, and I'll be talking about a campaign. Those are the things you'll be get the updates on. Now, um, thanks for all of you who, um, I think Rach uh, announced last week, to say, pray for my week ahead, my personal week ahead. Um, I was up and down the country from Sheffield, London uh, once, then London twice, uh, meetings with various uh, uh, government officials, uh, business leaders, this and that, that, and a lot of that, I would say, affects this body of people here, all right? 
and some things that we need to reflect on as a people. Great wisdom we need to have with the next steps, but it's interesting times. And I'm hoping by the end of my little talk, you'll get the, the measure of that. Now, um, so my, I think we started on Monday. Let's, get, let's go through to Thursday. I was in a very, very interesting uh, space. Uh, next slide, please. Um, I was in the, the hall of the Worshipful Company of Founders, right? And it sounds as grand as, as, as the words. And in fact, this is a, have you heard of livery companies? Right, livery companies are like these old ancient trade guilds um, that are associated with different uh, trades. So you'll have the worshipful company of, company of stationers, the worshipful company of engineers, the worshipful company of hotelers and restaurateurs. Um, they're all a very, hold on, before I say, are, is anyone from a, a livery company or connected one here? suppose you're not allowed to say because it's quite, a, they're quite mysterious, I've got to say. And when I went into this particular one, I was invited to go. And um, they're all a bit stuffy, I've got to say. A um, lot of them, mainly men, mainly white men. And um, so I walked into this place, a little bit of fish out of water, looking around. <laughs> Can't see any brothers in the, um, <laughs> in the place. And we can, Lord, what am I doing here? Give me the courage and strength to go and talk to somebody because no one would talk to me. So I went to this place, but I was invited to go because uh, this guy was up to speak. Not that I was particularly interested, but the person who asked me, I thought I was doing a favour. And sometimes, God, sometimes you end up in places um, that God wants you to be in, right? And I thought this might be because empirically from my own journey before, I've ended up in places and suddenly you get to see a man or woman of peace and it's a connection to the next step of your, your journey. So I get to see, this guy is uh, Professor Tony Hay, Anthony Hay. He is a mate of Bill Gates, right? From when Microsoft was pioneering back in the uh, 70s, this guy was part of the journey. And his particular uh, specialism is around artificial intelligence, right? And the quote, um, one of his quotes is, artificial, artificial intelligence is a type of computer technology concerned with making machines work in an intelligent way, similar to the way that human minds work. Okay, so what do I mean by artificial intelligence? Um, so, okay, let's have a little quick pop quiz. Right. Uh, these are uh, films that some of you will know, some of you will know about. Let's see if we know the films and maybe some of the characters. So let's go to the, my, that top right there. What film is that? It's the what? Avengers, Age of Ultron, excellent. Um, so, uh, got the androids, two androids, who are they? The Vision and Ultron, yeah, okay. See, these guys don't read the Bibles, but they know this stuff, fantastic. <laughs> um, so, what, what, have we, <laughs> what, have we, what have we got the second one there? What's that one? Terminator, um, okay. Um, that one there, who's that? Okay, Commander Data, absolutely. All right, the tough ones now. Um, the older ones might know what I, don't, I, don't, I can't remember the character myself but what's the film? Blade Runner, Blade Runner. do you know who the character was? I don't either do you know who the actor was? Rutger Hauer fantastic one of my favourite actors and this one five house points to whoever gets that one because I haven't seen the film yet but I know it's a part of the theme 
Excellent. Apparently, this Tony Hay recommends that film, Ex, Ex Machina, about artificial intelligence. Okay, next slide. So we haven't got these guys walking around the place. I don't think we've got any um, androids in. No, we haven't. But he said AI is here today, right? So we have got self-driving cars in existence. Lord help us, but they're here. Now, I've got, even in my car, which is not a flash car, not flash as Dr. Beggs, Professor Beggs here, but it's got a button which you press, if I come up alongside a, a parallel park car, if I press the button, apparently it does a and gets you right into the, the space. Now, I've never tried it because I'm fearful I'm going to crash the car into someone else's. I've never tried that. Does your car, I bet your car does that, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. So I've never tried it, but that is what they call a bit of artificial intelligence. Who's got an artificial uh, uh, electric electronic hoover? The hoover's the... You've got one as well. Does it work? Does the job? Yeah. Briefly, okay. Well, it does... Every man in the house should have one of those. <laughs> right? Excellent. So that, that's a bit of artificial intelligence. Um, who's got iPhones here? Who are the iPhone geeks and iPads? Right, okay. Well, we've got Siri. You press the button and say, what's the state of the world today and what am I doing tomorrow? And Siri comes up and tells you what you need to do. That's a bit of AI. And then even those of us who've got a bit more money, we've got Netflix and Amazon Prime subscriptions, right? Those very clever geeks or the very clever technology tells you what sort of programs you should be watching based on what you've watched before. There's a bit of AI in that, and it's very clever. YouTube as well. So those are examples of, of sort of modern AI. Okay. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16, talks about something called the mind of Christ. Now, we aren't all mindless automatons like Commander Data and uh, the guys from um, the Terminator, but we are temples of the Holy Spirit, right? We have the intelligence of Christ living within us, the mind of Christ. And if you are triune beings, folks, and you are, body, soul, and spirit. A body, yes, that's decaying. Yes, a soul that has been renewed by the communing with our renewed, born-again spirits. Body, soul, and spirit, that's who we are. And if you are born again. That's the question mark for some of us today because some of us haven't made that journey yet. But I hope, certainly that you've been through Alpha or going through Alpha, or some of you who are visited today will make that step from death to life, becoming born again. And if you're born again, you get a brand new spirit. And that spirit has the mind of Christ that contains the very fullness of God. And it is by this agency do we know daily, minute by minute, hour by hour, the will of God and makes us truly what Christians are. Not church attenders or people that just do good things, but our, our obedience to the will of God on a daily basis. Word of God says we don't really know how to pray, but the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, intercedes with our brand new spirits, reaffirming and telling us that we are the children of God. 
And that's who we are when we have this born again spirit. Next slide, please. Uh, the great John Wesley said this. Sanctification, an old-fashioned word. Now you Pentecostals like that one. Sanctification is possessing the mind of Christ and all of the mind of Christ. So it's not just enough to acknowledge, folks, that we are born again intellectually, that we have something wonderful happening with a third of us, but then it's appreciating and understanding what it can be to access and understand and respond to the will of God on a daily basis. Critical. And John Wesley understood that hundreds of years ago, and it's still a truth for us today. Next slide, please. So what do we mean by sanctification? What is the definition of it? To make holy, to set apart as sacred, to consecrate, or to purify or free us from sin. To sanctify your hearts. Okay, next slide. So I called it um, AI, um, my, my talk today. And we're going to skip from artificial intelligence to a town called AI. And the town of AI is featured in the Old Testament scriptures in um, ancient Canaan, which obviously then went on to become Israel. And um, this particular town has some messages for us today as a, as, a, as a people around Junction 10. Next slide. Now, we as a church for some months you'll know, been tracking the journey of the ancient Israelites, particularly just before and after the crossing of the River Jordan, yes? Under the great leadership of Joshua, the successor of Moses, yeah? And particularly in chapter 6 and 7, I want us to, to focus on about the defeat of the children of Israel at the town called Ai, and then eventually the victory at the town called Ai. Next slide. So, this is a depiction of the uh, great town of Jericho. Do any songs about Jericho? Come on then. Andre, you're looking at me. Do you know one? You don't. Any base? Josh, you feel the battle of? Josh, you feel the battle of? And the wars? Well done. Fantastic. Right, so that's an old spiritual. Well, that's taken from, from the Bible. And we've been, we've been leading up to Jericho and beyond as a, as a people. And there was a great victory at Jericho. Now, the victory, I maintain, wasn't that they possessed that great fortress which God told them to, to take down. The victory wasn't that the walls had came da down how exciting that was, no less for, no doubt, for the people of Israel. But the victory, my friends, was the lesson of obedience to God's voice, right? And that's a lesson that we need to hear today. A lesson which Israel, at the time, had failed to heed and led them to the great defeat at Ai. Okay, next slide. And your face has changed because I haven't turned around. <laughs> yes, okay. So, 
Let me suggest something to you. Like Jericho, this building, and for those of you who don't know, that, that has, was our home for many, many, many years at Junction 10. Uh, this building was demolished just over two years ago uh, because the then core team, the leadership of our church, the oversight of that church, not one man, not one woman, but a team sincerely believed that the Lord had told them to do so. Right? And at the outset, folks, and maybe some of you still think that today, it was a crazy thing to do. Demolishing a place that still had some life in it, although we'd had surveys and said we have to spend X, Y, and Z, but there are plenty of church buildings which are in a bad state and people still live with them, yeah? A crazy thing to do. But let me put something to you two years on with the journey that we've been on thus far and what we have learned even in this last week and what we're going to reflect on for the week to come. Weeks to come. Um, the method for demolishing Jericho, right, on reading it was crazy, right? Now, the Israelites didn't come with their, uh, you know, the ancient Israeli tanks to blow the walls up, did they not, right? What were they doing? Marching around a building, right? Blowing chauffeurs, yeah? Right? Madness. Can you imagine the people in Jericho, in their great big fortress, right? Look at us in Jericho, right? Looking down thinking, what on earth are those feeble Jews doing? Let's take it from Nehemiah, but you can imagine. Absolute madness. And in the first, the second, the third time they were going round and round, right, these folks are probably laughing their heads off and thinking, we're, we're safe. No, no worries. But folks, they weren't laughing at the last time, were they not? Because the walls came tumbling down. Listen to this, Joshua chapter 6. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Six days. You'd have given up on the first day, some of us. Yeah? For six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. That's the, the, the box which contained the presence of God and God's laws. And on the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. And when you hear the sound, a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army Give a loud shout, and then the wall of the city will collapse, and the army will go up, and everyone straight in. And that's what happened. Next slide, please. Okay. The victory at Junction 10, I suggest, will not be in the completion of this grand building here. This is the building that we have a planning permission for. 
right? Although we'll be thankful for it when it happens, and there'll be great rejoicing, and we think, wow, wonderful, right? Wonderful. I think the victory will not be in its completion, but it will be in the lesson of obedience. That we heeded and carried out what we believe to be the will of God. Right? And whether the leadership, not just the leadership, but whether everybody on this journey with us, that's you, and you, and you, and you, all of us responded to what God was telling us and is telling us going forward. That inner voice, the mind of Christ, that directs and orders our steps on a daily basis. Because if we don't heed the mind of Christ, then we will suffer the pain of AI. The defeat the Israelites, Israelites had at that place. And hearing the voice is very significant for our next steps. Okay. Next slide, please. Disobedience. Following the great victory of Jericho, the Israelites were routed at Ai. Why? Not because they deployed the wrong military tactics, but because there was hidden disobedience in the camp. And one man called Achan had disobeyed God's specific command that none of the sinful spoils of Jordan were to be kept. They were to be destroyed. But he had hid his sin. And that sin affected the whole camp and resulted at the defeat at Ai. And Achan was exposed, he and his entire household, and it sounds very brutal in, in today's terms, were put to death as a consequence of that disobedience. Well, you'd think that'd be the end of it, dealing with, with Achan and his sin being dealt with. But the Bible tells us it wasn't just Achan's sin. It was attributed to everyone as their sin. So the whole camp the whole nation had to repent and be consecrated. And before you say, well, that's, that's a little unfair, let's first consider whether we are in a place of hidden disobedience. A disobedience that could have consequences beyond ourselves. And remember, one man's disobedience, Adam, first human being, affected entire race. But it took another man and his obedience, Jesus, to consecrate us all. Yeah? Hold on to that thought. Next slide, please, Lenny. Thanks. So, I said I was going to give an update. Right. So, this week, um, Tuesday I was in Sheffield. Uh, Wednesday I was in London, came back. Thursday I was in London uh, and had a number of 
conversations and meetings that I, we think, I can say think, because discerning the mind of Christ is critical to this. Not just one person, but a whole group of people. Is this the next step, Lord? Okay. When we gave an update um, to the church about ending up here, was it about a month ago, a bit longer than that, perhaps? Yeah? Yes. Yes, but when, when we actually said we're going to be moving here, yeah? We also, August time, so we also announced, folks, did we not, about what we're going to be doing on the land, yes? Do you remember? Can you throw about some of the words that were said? Foundations. Do you remember me say something about a tent? Yes? Okay. So these are the things which we as elders, me, John, Rachel, have been thinking and praying on, that we've been sharing with trusted people, who, great wisdom, those who are really gifted prophetically, who very specifically have got a, uh, got a gift to hear the mind of Christ. Yes? Those are things we've been chewing over, and we've been as transparent as we've been able to with wisdom to bring things back to you as a church to say, this is what we know thus far, right? And at the end of this meeting, the elders, the wider trustees are going to be going off, going to have lunch together, and then we're going to be talking about the next steps and thinking about it, right? But the things I can and want to reveal and share to you guys this morning is about a school, a building, and a campaign, right? So, one of the, when we got this word about having a presence on the land, doing stuff with the foundations, one of the things we thought could be aligned together was that we were going to build what we talked about, a, a modular building, right? Which could align with the word about the tent, right? Something temporary, something portable, but gave us a presence on the land, yes? So we've, you know, we've been looking at tents, and um, aren't you glad you're not meeting in a tent this morning, right? Marquees and all sorts of things. But, it, but something seemed to align together, right, in something called the ladder school. Do you remember I talked about a school, right? So you know in my other wider life um, for the Vine Trust, uh, a, a charity that was set up in part by this fellowship 20, nearly 30 years ago, and we do all sorts of things from getting kids into work across the country, but very specifically got a heart for Warsaw, and we've got a, a school called Warsaw Studio School. Well, last month I, I told you that we got approved by the Department for Education to create another school. And that school, we, got, we call it the Ladder School on um, behalf of, um, or in name of a campaign that we've been doing with Express and Star and Prince Andrew to create jobs for young people. So we're going to name the school the Ladder School because it's about getting kids into work or ready for work whilst they're in school. Okay. Now, ha you know, well, hallelujah. We were so thrilled and pleased we got this approval. But we were deliberating about where to put this building, where to put this school. We knew, folks, in the approval of this school that uh, millions of pounds would be released uh, to make it happen, right? And originally, we thought we would put the building on the site of the Shannon Mill, right? Which is behind the Vine Trust in, in the town centre, right? But to get that building up and running, it will take a few years. But our target was to get the school open in September next year. Very important. So, we needed temporary accommodation, 
right? So we've been looking at all sorts of buildings around Walsall to try and make it happen. And we've got some which, which may fit it, but not exactly, right? And then it must have been, it's either end of August or beginning of September, that we had some revelation, wondered whether a tent could accommodate this school in the short term, right? Can you join the dots? Yeah? Okay. So a conversation amongst our elders and, and, uh, and trustees to explore whether the word we've got to have a presence on the site in a temporary building, a tent, could also be aligned with having a, a temporary facility to house this school, right, in a modular building. Yeah? So what we did in faith is we secured the services of a, a fantastic architect who's from a, a wonderful uh, family, the households, and they're here today, wonderful, pay me afterwards. And um, so Marcus, who's got a real passion for this great technical expertise, right, has been talking to the planners of Warsaw to see whether we can get an additional planning permission to put this temporary building on, right? Okay, so back to the school, we've been putting this um, uh, bid together. I was in London, on, in Sheffield on the, um, um, on the Tuesday and then London on the Wednesday, right? And we've been putting this bid together and doing the bid, the department had said, don't worry about the building. It's not an issue. We'll sort that all out. You just worry on getting the curriculum right and how is it going to work, your staffing structure, this and that, the other, right? Well, I didn't believe them. I knew we had to try and get a builder and this temporary building seemed to be the solution, we thought. So I went into the meeting in Sheffield. Wonderful uh, uh, application you've done, Kevin, and the team, fantastic, fantastic, but the government's changed its policy, right? Um, you've got to start worrying about the building. Right? I said, okay. So I said, no worries. We've already been thinking about it. In fact, we've got all the things sorted. Right, right. But beyond that, folks, it suddenly occurred to us that I wonder whether this journey is more than just about a tent, but in fact, it could be about the building proper, right? Full stop. So when they said to me in that meet those meetings next um, on Tuesday and Wednesday, we need to find a facility uh, to do it, or your project's not going to go anywhere for years. It suddenly occurred to us that we wonder, trying to discern the mind of Christ in the situation, whether the vision for that building you, you saw up there in fact, is the alignment of a facility that would house in part the Ladner School. Now, folks, where are we today? In a school, right? Now, is it working? Okay, yeah. Some compromises, some things we've got to do differently, right? But I wonder whether part of our journey across the Jordan and through the different difficulties going to Caris and coming here was about us going through a journey as a people to condition us to say actually 
Maybe God's got a different way of us doing things, right? And interestingly, when we put that planning permission in for that building, which we've got, we didn't put it in as just a, a church in the sense that 24-7 we're going to have praise and worship in there, right? It was a multi-purpose facility we've put in there, right? And you guys have seen the Goldmine Centre, yes, which has Warsaw Community Church in there, has a school in there, has all sorts of different things going on there, and yet the purpose of God flowing out of that, that place. Could it be that this is what is happening for Junction 10? The embarrassing thing about the Wednesday is I was sitting in a, in a, in a room similar to this, similar amount of people, and one of the people that were at the front kept smiling. And I was thinking, okay, man, okay, smile at me. Like that to me, like that. I, I, I turned to Dan and said, she, she smiled at us. And you know, sometimes you don't want to get embarrassed thinking you're smiling and think, turn around, and she's obviously smiling around, and you're going like that, trying to style it out. Um, but she came up to me and says, Kevin, so happy, glad to see you, well done. It's been fantastic. Let me take you to the head of... Um, of, of the department, uh, one of the, the big mandarins in the department, the head of the property division, can I show you? I'm thinking, okay, fantastic. And I said, well, we've got this idea, folks, about this. It's got a planning permission, it's owned by the church, and this and that, the other. Do you think, you guys, is it possible that they could pay for it all? <laughs> and they said, yes, Kevin, it is quite possible, <laughs> right? Oh, 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 oh. So, I don't want to run ahead, folks, right, because we've still got this journey, right? And the journey is the lesson of AI, folks. And we've got, to, we've got to get this, right, because the victory, folks, remember I said earlier, is not in the achievement of this building, right? And it'd be very, very easy for us to, to, to focus on, you know, crumbs, you know, this is it, or, or we told you so, or this, that, the other. No, the lesson is the lesson of obedience, right? Because what I said to you earlier, right, is that Israel got it wrong, right? They could have deployed the same tactics um, to, um, as they did in Jordan to go and take on um, the guys at AI, right? But they were routed, right? Because they disobeyed God. They had hidden disobedience in their heart, right? And it'd be very easy for us to say, oh, it's that person, this person, that, the other. I believe the Lord's saying, for us to get to that next stage, we've got to get ourselves ready, right, as a people. I'm not saying, um, if you're born again, folks, sin is not an issue, right? You are wonderfully saved, right? I, I don't like calling ourselves, I'm a, I'm a wretched sinner, if you're born again, because Christ has wonderfully saved us. But we can still be disobedient, Right? And we cannot expect God to be honoring us or flowing through things if we don't deal with that. And we as a, as a leadership, you know, we've been thinking things through and repenting of things that have gone through the past, right? But also for us here as, as, as individuals, I know you're serious with God, but I think the challenge again today, if we want to get to the victory at AI, right, we've got to examine ourselves. And I think the Lord is telling us to consecrate so let's go to the last slide, Diane. The last slide, if you can. And the um, Israelites at the time, they, you know, the leaders fell on their face in the dirt. My God, my God, you know, we're in trouble here. And then the Lord showed them that Achan was the issue. But it was interesting from that scripture that he didn't just say, 
immediately it was Achan. What did he do? He went through every single tribe, every single family, and then down to the individual. So there was an examination by everyone, not straight to one individual. And so I feel today is a day for us to reflect and almost ask for a reconsecration of our intentions, of our attentiveness to the mind of Christ within us. We haven't got, we're not artificial intelligence beings, robots. We are living souls, but we do have access to the great I am. And if you are born again, and folks, if you're not, there's no reason why you can't leave this place without receiving the Holy Spirit in your life today. But if we are born again, we need to retune our minds, our souls, to the word of God, yeah? And the way we can symbolically and effectively do that is by the, the most precious, one of the most precious things we can do together, which is sharing at the table, yeah? Because that table symbolizes, folks, the, the life and death of Christ and our life. As the guys come to the, to the stage, folks, there's nothing special in the drinking of, of that fruit juice or that bread, right? We're not the people that believe that the, um, the bread actually turns into the body of Christ. But the symbolism of what it means to us is, you think about the, when Christ took the bread, symbolizing his body, and then he broke it, symbolizing the brokenness of his own body. And then when he gave it to the disciples, it was symbolic of him saying, I'm giving something of my substance, of myself into you, the mind of Christ, yes? And so today as we gather, folks, let us re-consecrate ourselves, rededicate ourselves. Think about where we are being disobedient today. Your eternal salvation isn't an issue because you've been born again, right? But your disobedience could be affecting not just yourselves, but your families, your communities, and maybe this fellowship, right? We can see the potential victory at AI, that building, this place, the missions at Willenhall and beyond. But we, my friends, we need to contend to hear the mind of Christ within us, yes? So let's just stand to our feet. And we're going to take just a moment to reflect on where we're at. So shut your eyes, please.